there in podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is day 215 here in the Zen Room. We're now beginning episode 47. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the duplicitous Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. <laughs> How are you, Tommy? Duplicitous? Yes. That's not fair. No, I know. I just It's just you a word that just came off the top of my head. You need adjectives. Yeah. yeah get your fucking self with the sword. I'll, I'll see what I can do, okay? Duplicitous. <laughs> I knew that would set you Ooh, off. Jesus. And you know what? The 200s are hot. The 200s? The, in the days. Oh, yes. Okay, the, yes. We can say that the 200s are hot. Very hot days Ve- indeed. Tomorrow's supposed to be balls stick to your thighs hot. Oh, really? Yeah. That that good, huh? Really bad. Good thing I'm spending most of it inside then. Yeah, well, yeah. At your age. <laughs> you can't be going out in that. Hell no. How are you doing, Tommy? I'm ducky. Just ducky, huh? Just, I am just ducky. Did you have a good weekend? I had the weekend. And off mostly, which oh, was really? interesting. Yeah, both theaters were dark, so I was off. I on Saturday, uh, my great nephew had turned nine. Oh wow! So there was a party for that. That was fun. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, cool. Man, it sounds like we both had good weekends. It was then. nice. Yeah, you went away. Yes, Stephen and I went upstate to a friend's home about nine, 90 minutes north of New York City. Now we talked about this, and you didn't yes. know what sort of li- like what's was it a lake house? Was it in the woods? Was it's it- in the woods. It's in the woods. There is a stream on the property, but it is in the woods, in this wooded area. Okay. And not so isolated. I mean, there are other homes nearby that you can see, but there's plenty of woods in between them all, you know? Okay. And we had the most absolutely relaxing, enjoyable weekend up there. Woods will do that to you. Yeah. It was just, it was so gorgeous up there. The first day, was it was kind of hot when we, on Saturday when we were there. But our last day, Sunday, was, was nice and comfortable. We were outside almost all the time, really. Yeah. I think nice. Friday night was like really but the only time we were inside when we first got there. What did you do, like bonfires and shit? Yeah, they actually, they had a fire pit, so we, uh, we had a bonfire out there on Saturday night. Nice. That was nice. Did you get high? Of course. Right. Well, even, you know, even, you... even one of our hosts got high, so okay, that was so nice, too. You don't know that, I didn't know that the hosts allowed that, so yeah. I didn't so... know that either. I figured if I was going to engage in that, I was going to go off property, but then I found out that our hosts relative also consumed cannabis okay so we hit it off really well together <laughs> yeah it's easy to do that when you're high yes it which is. is why everybody should be getting high exactly cannabis rules but uh, i say that too much i noticed what's that go ahead go ahead yeah that seems to be like your your thing I to say. Know it's, if it is i don't like it but uh <laughs> I, I know that i say it <laughs> I've discovered that listening to myself. But uh, I figured at this point, going from that story, this will lead us right into our first segment, which of course is Heavy Petting! Cue the whore. What are we talking about? Well, I figure a topic that came out of our weekend upstate, and that would be old dogs. Oh. And the, our host... Had four dogs up there. Two of them were quite old. They were big dogs, but like Labrador size. But I think they were like 12 or 13 years old. That's old. Really sweet, gentle dogs. The nicest dogs. Oh my God, I fell in love with them. Especially like this like, this like blonde or vanilla lab, whatever you want to call it. Just, I just fell in love with them. Okay. That's and nice. That's sweet. It, I, I've never been the owner of an old dog. When I was a kid, we had our dog Sandy, but she had gotten sick, but wasn't that really an old dog 
when uh, he died. Have you ever had like an old dog like living in through old age? Yes. And what what is that like? Horrible. How so? It's horrible because you see their body fail. They don't know what's happening. Right. But they have a. Adapted a way to, uh, you know, uh, designed a way to adapt to it. Okay. Cheeto lost his whole hind quarters. That they, first they were wobbly. You know, they weren't walking with him. And then he was just dragging. Okay. And it, uh, Pickering, Pickering got sick really fast. Okay. From the time he got sick till the time he was dead was less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. I it was really that. fast. Actually, I think it was considerably less than a year. Okay. But he was away. He was hospitalized for three days. Anyway. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. Because you know what's happening. They don't. They keep trying to, uh, to, to live the life that they live and they can't. Yeah. And it's hard. Well, that's why it was great. It was great because like, there were these two other dogs up there, younger dogs, smaller dogs. And it was funny when we were up there, Steven's like, I don't see any dog toys around. And I'm like, because these old dogs probably don't bother chasing after toys anymore, you that's know? True. It, but they would basically, like, whenever the, the small dogs got up to go investigate something, they would follow behind and check it out also. But they didn't really engage in a lot of strenuous activity, you know? Well, they're old. They're old. But, you know, in, in both of these dogs, as far as we can see, we're still very healthy and everything. They're just, they're slower. They take their time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you. Exactly. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to applaud these people who, like, go to rescue groups, who have out. a lot of these old dogs, and they seek out these old dogs. Yeah. Because they want to give them as comfortable a life as possible at the end. for their for their you know for yeah. their ending days, you know. It's hard, and I think that is so admirable that there are people out there who do that. I am like choked up at this whole conversation because the th- like I'm, the memories of the two dogs of, are coming back and how horrible it was. Yeah, and and you know that day, right? You got to be there, of course. You got to be you got to be in the room. Yeah, and I understand why people don't be in the room. I know. I get it. I I would have to be. It, it's it's so it's devastating. Of course it is. Like just you're losing a member of your family. Well, it's it's he's alive. They push the medication two, three, four. He's he's gone. He's gone. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's 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 a lot. It is. It's, it's a right. lot. You can be traumatized. Yeah. Um. But you got to do it. I, yeah, you, 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 you want you, you, you want to end the dog suffering. You know, the last they don't know why sh- they don't understand why they're suffering. That's so I, as painful as it could be. That's what you I have to tell you, sometimes. he was sick. I don't know how much he suffered. He was hot. He, like when he got sick, sick. Yeah, he went to the. He was in the hospital three days and then he had to go. Right. So I don't know how how he. Felt. Was he in pain? Was you know what was his thing? What was going on? Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. It's horrible. I'm, I my heart breaks for every everybody who has to go through it. Yes, it's just terrible. My friend, the, the Brex, Laura, Michael, Michelle's husband, Michelle's sister, and her husband, yeah. and their family, they just lost a dog. I, and you know the cats that uh, everybody has the story. I know, and they keep going out and getting the dog. And getting the cat. Yeah. And that's a type of person. Yeah. That's thing. I don't know like how soon after a pet's death I could just go out and get another dog right away. That's you all know? about you. What? That's all about oh, you. Oh, of course. Of course. You know? But um, that that it continues. Yeah. That people continue to put the, you know, because you know the day you put them in the car from the first day you pick them up, yeah. that one day there's going to be the last trip in the car. Yeah, exactly. So you know that going in as an adult. You yeah. know it. And, yep. and it happens, and you do it again. And it happens, and you do it again. And it, it just, it's its a type of person. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a good topic to bring up. Yeah, well, I went off. 
<laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> we would expect nothing less of you. Well, I had experience in this. In this, uh, you had more. Experience. Yeah, I had never had experience with this yet. You yeah. know? and like I said Abigail's only she's eight years old right now. So hopefully, well, I have you, a few more years yet before. I'll tell you what we face that common knowledge is: the small dogs live longer. Yeah, um, that's what I've been told. Yeah, the older dogs go. If you have a if you have a bigger dog, fifteen, sixteen, that dog's hurting. That's of course. That, you know, that that's old for that. I could have Louie for the next... He's four. I could have him for the next fucking ten years. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that little fuck. <laughs> Go ahead. What's next? Next, I think we're going to be moving on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Oh. Many happy returns. Your favorite quote. Yes. A very happy birthday. It's just, it's just offensive <laughs> to the dead people. <laughs> well, for this week, we... We only have one dead person. Okay. The other one's alive. Okay. And they're both singers. Okay. The first one, uh, you have never heard of her before, I'm sure. She was born today, August 3rd, 1924, in New Hampshire. She was born Elizabeth Eaton Converse. She was a daughter of a Baptist minister. And after attending Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts for two years, she quit and she moved to New York City. I'm sorry, what year are we in? She was born in 24, but then after attending college for two years, she quit and moved to New York City. So now we're about to go into the late 40s now. Okay. But during the early 50s or so, she worked at a printing house in Manhattan. She lived in Greenwich Village. And during that time, she wrote and performed songs for a friend accompanying herself on guitar. Joni Mitchell. Nope. No, it's like you, you definitely have not heard of her. Okay, go ahead. She made recordings of her music for a, uh, her brother that she would send him copies of, and also for his graphic artist named Gene Deitch. And he was able to arrange her only public appearance performing, and that was in 1954, on the CBS Morning Show with Walter Cronkite. But, like I said, she was an aspiring folk singer. She changed her name to Connie Converse. Connie? Yes, because her Converse. nickname... Became while she was living in the city, became Connie. Okay, so she's Connie. Converse. So she became Connie Converse. But at a time when folk music was dominated by men and the song centered on more political themes, Converse felt out of place in the whole genre and was frustrated in pursuing her career. So by 1961, she moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where she first worked as a secretary for the University of Michigan. And you then better then, get to the point. And then as bitch. a writer and managing editor for the Journal of Conflict Resolution. By the 19 early 70s, by the early 1970s, she became depressed because the Journal of Conflict Resolution that she was the editor for had moved to Yale at the end of 1972. And around that same time, she to- she was told by her doctor that she needed a hysterectomy. Fuck Yale. So in August of 1974, days after her 50th birthday, she wrote a whole series of letters to her family and friends, basically in- telling them her intention to make a new life somewhere else. You're killing me. This is too long to go for somebody who I'm not going to recognize. She wrote, let me go, let me be if I can, let me not be if I can't. Human society fascinates me and all me and fills me with grief and joy. I just can't find my place to plug into it. So she packed all her belongings into a Volkswagen Beetle and she was never ever heard from again. And nobody cared because nobody knew who the fuck she was in the first place. Well, her family did hire an investigator, a private investigator. Who the fuck was she? Well, years later, her... I'm sorry, people. Just forward ahead through all of that. The graphic artist Glenn Deitch, he managed to collect all of her recordings in the early 2000s. 
Orleans. And in 2009, he released an album of them called How Sad, How Lovely, 17 of her songs. And from that, there grew a resurgence in her actual music, and she was seen as one of the earliest performers of the singer-songwriter genre. I can hear him speak. And paved the way for women singers like Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell. And her music is still performed by many contemporary artists today. Would you like to hear a sample of her music? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about her. I'm pissed off at you. Well, with that, I don't care what she sang, who she wrote for. I don't give a fuck. Gift. With that it. show of enthusiasm, I'm definitely going to be playing you some a music, a song of hers. He's I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to play you a sample of her music. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> but today, let's have a toast and say happy birthday. We don't know her fucking name. <laughs> yes, we do know her name. We just don't know what happened to her. Oh, this this was Converse. This was Connie Converse. Connie Converse. Go fuck yourself, Connie. <laughs> don't play the singing kids for her. Yes, I am. No, you're a dick. Connie Converse, we it. say... I hate Connie Converse because I hate you. You made me hate Connie Converse. God, that was... God. Oh, was that painful? Oh, you just Jesus. Don't... It was cringy. You just don't appreciate folk music. It, yeah, that's, the, that's what it was. You're not wrong, but that wasn't it. Go ahead, what's next? Our next singer, this one is alive. He was born August 3rd, 1926. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett is correct. Very good. Tony Bennett. He was born Anthony Dominic Benedetto in Long Island City in Queens. He began singing at age 13, starting as a singing waiter at Italian restaurants. In 1944, he was drafted and served as an army infantryman in Europe. After the war ended, he continued to serve in Germany, and he was assigned to a special service his band to entertain the troops. You know what I'm thinking? Yes. You could read all of this shit mm -hmm. ahead of time and record it. No. And while you're editing, no. you can add this shit No, in. fuck off and die. After dining with a black friend from high school, when the army was still segregated, he was demoted and reassigned. Oh, dear. Upon his release from the army in 1946... He studied at the American Theater Wing, where he developed an unusual approach to singing that involved imitating <clears throat> the styling and phrasing of other musicians, which helped him to improvise as he interpreted a song. In 1949, Pearl Bailey asked him to open for her in Greenwich Village, where he was seen by Bob Hope, who took him on tour with him. The fuck was Bob Hope doing in the village? Look, seeing Pearl Bailey in concert. I guess. In 1950, Bennett was signed to Columbia Records, and his first hit was 1951's Because of You. This was followed by Cold Cold Heart and Rags to Riches. In the late 50s, when rock and roll began to take hold, he managed to score eight songs in the American Top 40. In 1962, he famously staged a concert at Carnegie Hall. He was the first male pop performer to appear there since Judy Garland being the first one in 1961. Stop. Yes. Judy Garland was not male. Well, I, I, you know, I should have said he was the first. He was the first male pop performer. She was the first pop performer altogether. Okay, female and the first. It's know. different. I know. Okay, yes. thank you for that clarification. Thank you. 
But that concert was later recorded and is still available today. Get it on iTunes or wherever you get your music from. Tony's awesome. He's always like skated above the whole thing. Like he's found himself a career. Now, what was that thing with Lady Gaga um, where he doesn't know really where he is? Yes, he's he got Alzheimer's. Right. And he sits down at the piano and somebody starts playing the piano. That was, his final, that was his final concert. And they had the 60 Minutes uh, special on that as well. Yes. That was that was everything. That yep. was awesome. Tony, he was a great singer. He he had a great you know great like image. Well, not always. During well, the sixties and seventies, his career floundered because of the rise of rock and roll and pop music and disco music. And he resisted performing contemporary songs. He actually did make one album of contemporary songs in nineteen seventy. Was it as bad as Ethel's disco album? Not as bad, but okay, pretty bad. The, the worst thing on it, he, he does a rendition of Eleanor Rigby that's really not not, not not it's not good at all he's trying to be hip for the cool kids yeah but he ended up owing money to the IRS they tried to seize his home in Las Vegas he could only mainly perform in Las Vegas and he lost his recording contract lost his manager and developed a cocaine addiction which resulted in a near fatal overdose in 1979 I was gonna say it was the 80s yeah well the 70s but after that his sons helped him out they moved him out of Vegas which was the, the 80s with sex because in the 80s, you pretty much add cocaine and can't have sex when you have them. So, um, yeah, it's the, the 70s. What's, okay. Okay. Thanks for that. But his sons, they arranged. Tonight, I could. He didn't like the story of Connie Converse. No. <laughs> no. That's, no. We're here with my husband right now, Steven. That's not entirely true. Hi, y'all. The story was boring as fuck, but he refused to tell us he was, who this bitch was, until like seven minutes in. And he kept giving this biography of this bitch. He told me, I don't know who she is. So I don't care. I laid back. I closed my eyes. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Fuck him. Well, if you could just keep up now, we're on Tony Bennett. We're on Tony Bennett. So eventually his sons helped him out, and they say they arranged a settlement with the IRS, and they started setting him up in smaller venues to perform in, and by 1986... He was re-signed to Columbia Records. And then in the 1990s, to reach younger audiences, he began appearing on shows like Late Night with David Letterman, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, The Simpsons, and MTV, culminating in his MTV Unplugged concert. And how did those... those things go with him and the young people. They did great. It absolutely won him a whole new generation of fans. And uh, after that, he recorded two duets albums with artists like Lady Gaga, Amy Winehouse, Billy Joel... With Billy Joel, he performed with Billy Joel the final concerts at Shea Stadium in 2008. And with Amy Winehouse, he recorded the song Body and Soul, which was supposedly her last recording before she died. Oh, man. Yeah. But then in February of this year, it was revealed that Bennett was diagnosed with Alzheimer's back in 2016, but he continued to perform and record. And then on August 3rd and uh, 5th of last year, he performed in concert with Lady Gaga at Radio City Music Hall. And a week later, is announced he was retiring. And his final album with Lady Gaga was called Love for Sale, debuting at number eight in the U.S. Bennett broke the individual record for the longest span of top ten albums on the Billboard 200 chart for any living artist. His first top ten record was I Left My Heart in San Francisco in 1962. He also broke the Guinness World Record for the oldest person to release an album of new material at the age of 95 years and 60 days. Although he's retired, he still rehearses three times a week. 
Keith Richards will do that. Right? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Ben has received 20 Grammy Awards, including a Lifetime Achievement Award. On April 3rd of this year, he became the second oldest person to win a Grammy Award when he shared the Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album Grammy with Lady Gaga. He also set a Guinness World Record for the oldest person to reach number one on the U.S. album chart at the age of 88 years for his 2014 album, Cheat to Cheat. Keith Richards is going to do that, too. And he also set a Guinness World Record for the longest time between the release of an original recording and a re-recording of the same single by the same artist for when he recorded re-recorded Fascinating Rhythm Fascinating Rhythm Take three. 68 years after the original recording. That's quite a history. And yeah. he's still alive and kicking. Would you like to hear any of his music? I'd love to hear some of his music. I'll see if we have any. I don't know if we have any um, of that. I'd love to hear... <laughs> I'd love to hear a Cole Porter night and day. This is a song, Stepping Out. Ah, oh, this is good. feels so right. It's for sure, not for maybe, that I'm all dressed up tonight. So handsome. Stepping right? out with my honey. Can't be bad to feel so good. Never felt quite so sunny that I keep on knocking wood. They'll be smooth sailing because I'm trimming my sails. With my top hat. And my white tie and my tail. Uh, Gotta love see, Tony Bennett. Yeah, but you cannot underestimate the contribution of the rhythm section. Of course. That's a that was those guys were good. Yeah. The dances were good, the video's good, the whole thing is adorable yeah. and very sweet and very good. Yeah, see video came out with the album. He he um he has a charm that I think comes with being seemingly harmless. Yes. Mediterranean and obviously straight. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. So you know, you say of course. But in 1952, they would have said, of course, Rock Hudson is straight. Yeah, we I knew know, he was right? the biggest yeah, exactly. bottom west of the Mississippi. And don't forget Liberace, he was straight too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's just people <laughs> saying, I don't want to see that. That's I know, a totally right? different story. The same thing with what's his name, Charles Nelson Riley, or all yes, of them who yes, had that kind okay? There was a bunch of them. But, and God bless them. I love them all. But um, anyway, Tony, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, there was no there was no question about, you know, he was he was that sort of real, kind of dopey. I always liked him better than Sinatra. I, I like him better than Sinatra too. I gotta be honest. Sinatra pisses me off. Neither one of them give a fuck about the lyric. If they want to change a the lyric, they're going to change the lyric. Yes. Okay. New York, New York has a different lyric as soon as Sinatra sang it. But I think by the end of Sinatra's career, he was just phoning it in, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's oh, really, yeah. Were they, were they popular? They were popular in and around the same time. They were the two Italian... And his voice them. went a lot. I mean, Bennett's voice never left him. He always had that voice up to up to the current time. And what he also... Sinatra's has, voice didn't last. He also... Well, and it's because what Bennett has is the ability to say, you know what? I don't know. I, I got to shorten the notes. I got to do was, more of a... He was better the, vocally trained, yeah. you know? He was... I, I liked him. I, I liked him. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, you know, he tried to run out on the IRS. Maybe that makes me a horrible person. Well, hey, they, they he paid it off. Did so he ever beat thing. a dog? Did he ever kick his wife? Did he no, ever nothing like that. There was nothing like that. No nope. charges of rape. Nope. No out of wedlock children in Thailand. Right. There's nothing scandalous about. He's yeah, a safe, totally nice bad. Italian mensch from Brooklyn, Queens. Queens. A lot of people <laughs> would say same thing, um, and a lot of people would now be hunting me down to kill me for saying same thing. Uh, but yeah, he uh, charming, uh, straight, Italian, good looks. Yeah. Good voice. Yep. Sexy. Yep. Why, why not? Why not? So call me Tony. To Tony, we say...
Oh, happy Tony. birthday, Tony. Right, he deserves that. Yeah, he does. I like Tony Bennett. Anyway, we now move on to our new segment tonight. I have a new thought. I have. I can continue with the thoughts about singing if you want. No, we. We. I think it's time to move on to a new segment. Uh, okay. <laughs> what about Tommy's thoughts on singing? Well, when we have, when you prepare for that segment, we oh, can... <laughs> when the volunteer. Prepareth. Yes. Okay, keep going. What are we doing now? We're doing God This is our him. new segment. <laughs> Bring out your Bring out your Let me guess. <laughs> yes. I know what it is. What is it? Well, the 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 clip is Monty Python, Holy Grail. Yes, it is. Going through the medieval village, clanging the bell, yep. bring out your dead, bring out your dead, and people would come out from the from their homes, will drop from the second floor, dead bodies onto a cart that was pulled by this probably starving mule, and uh, <laughs> they throw somebody on, and he sits up and says, I'm not dead yet. And the guy says, shut up, you will be soon, and hits him in the head with <laughs> yeah. like a shovel or some shit. <laughs> And that becomes drop. Uh, that becomes a musical number in Spamalot. Yes, yes, I believe it. Does. I'm not dead yet. Yes, yeah. I'm not dead yet. Um, yeah. So yeah, I get the clip. So I know so what hence the, clip the, the title of the segment is "Bring Out Your Dead." Well, I thought that was pretty much what the what the subtitle of "Happy Birthday" was. Well, no, because we, this is about someone who died within the past week, and yes. that's why I'm calling it "Bring Out Your Dead." Whereas the birthdays. Are they could have died at any time. Exactly. Okay, so hold on. I want to get the rule. Okay. Because you're going to break them and I want to call you out on it. <laughs> the rule for Bring Out Your Dead is yes. somebody who has died in the last... In between this podcast between episode recordings. and the next podcast Let's episode. say recordings. Yes. In between recordings. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Bring Out Your Dead? Yes. I, I, I love it because I, it implies that the guy would come around with the... Bring out your dead, like the like the they come pick up your recyclables. Yeah, there's like a civic function to like. We like, right, we're gonna do this every Thursday and every Sunday. Okay, so yeah, I, I like that. That's funny. I get it. Uh, Nichelle, Nichelle Nichols is Nichelle. exactly who we were gonna talk about tonight. That was you know, and you know, up to the end, she was so adorable and she was so cute and she she was beautiful. Yeah, with that white hair, right? And the, oh, always oh, a classy looking woman. Always, always, always. And, and if you don't look for it, you're not gonna find her as part of any sort of cultural significance. Are you serious? What I'm saying is, you have to look <laughs> for it. She doesn't sit in the culture. In the oh, same you, way that you, oh yes she does tell are you me. kidding me tell me because I know you're dying to yeah after the first season of Star Trek when which she played Lieutenant Uhura she was thinking about quitting the show she had got an offer to appear on something on Broadway and she didn't think that her role was that relevant or big that she was interested in continuing it so she went to Gene Roddenberry and she told him how she felt and he, he told her I take the weekend off and think about it and so that weekend she attended a bank Wait, the... hold on. You got to stop. Okay. Go back to the meeting with, with Rod Gene. Berry, with Gene yeah, Roddenberry. Okay. Yes. What was his... He did... tried to convince her to stay. Okay. Did he promise her things? Did I he don't tell know. her things? I don't know. But he, he tried to convince her to stay. And then told her to go home and think about it. Yes. Take the weekend off before giving a final answer. Didn't she have the weekend off anyway? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if he just You're, randomly gives actresses weekends okay, off... Okay, this is your punishment. Every time that you're going to give me shit like this, this is what I'm going to be playing. Okay, so it's not punishment if it takes too long to do. So already... <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. 
Yeah, that's what you're going to get from now on. You're not me. The people you trying to get listening to, you think people are going to tell, oh my God, you got to listen to this. There's this great bit where the old bald guy plays this horrible sound that's going to make you crash into the truck in front of you. Oh, uh, yeah, that's great. Anyway, hook me, hook me up with 10 milligrams of that. Anyway, on that weekend, she attended a banquet that was being run by the NAACP. Hold on, Michelle. Yes. Go ahead. And she went there. And while she was there, she was told that there was a fan there that really wanted to meet her. That fan was Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay. And that must have been heady for a young black girl. From- he told her that that was the only show that he would, that he and his wife would allow their children to stay up and watch. And she had told King then about her plans to leave the series because she wanted to take this other role or whatever. And he said to her, "You cannot. You cannot. For the first time on television, we will be seen as we should be." Seen every day as intelligent, quality, beautiful people who can sing, dance, and go to space, who are professors, lawyers. Because if you leave, that door can be closed because your role is not a black role and it's not a female role. He can fill it with anybody, even an alien. And he went on to even compare her work to the marches of the civil rights movement going on at that time. What I'm saying is So she, like, that convinced her, all right, I'm going to stay. It would. Yeah. When Martin Luther King says, no, girl. Okay, so yeah, I understand that, why it did. So that's, I'd say, is culturally significant. Yes. Not to mention that she engaged in what is recognized as the first interracial kiss kiss on on television. Absolutely. I think that maybe, yes... She deserves, and they everybody that in that room who had anything to do with recording that video, editing the color, whatever, to get that video onto television deserves credit. After that. Star Trek ended, she went to work for NASA for NASA on a program to recruit minority and women candidates. One of the people that that was recruited through that program was Sally Ride. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Sally Ride, somebody, because she's in a couple of lyrics and songs that I know. Well, yeah. I'm not sure I know who the fuck Sally Ride is. She has something to do with space. I don't know. But anyway, back to the show. You don't know who Sally Ride is. I kind of do know who Sally Ride is. She's the first American female astronaut. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I knew. All right, so anyway, Nichelle, always gorgeous, always glamorous, always uh, dignity, yep. commanding respect. She was a queen. Yeah. What I'm saying is she is not in, like, that textbook knowledge of uh, important people in American history who did something culturally. She's not up, she, she's not considered, or she's not recognized as she should be, I think. People I th- should know her name. I think anyone associated with the original Star Trek series is remembered as part of that. Okay, wait a minute, hold on, say that again. I had a good insult that I was... I said I said anyone associated with the original Star Trek series. Now, by associated, you mean working on or Working seeing? on, appearing on, working on. Okay, again. They will always are going to be remembered for that. Yes. For that alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. pretty, that's fairly significant in cultural history. If she wasn't the first, she was... Dead. Well, no, Diane Carroll was the first black woman with this lead role in centered a prime around series. her in a exactly. prime country. Yep. Uh, this, uh, Nichelle... This was before that. This was 1965 when the show started. Okay. So here she is, 1965. Black girl. Gorgeous! Holy shit. The only one the uniform looked good on, I might add. With a, with an, a scientific intelligence role sitting in front of the captain, she is dead in the middle of the action she's uh, i can imagine 
for a black family to see that woman and say, wait, 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 hold on because the other shoe's going to drop. Yep. Hold on because something's going to happen and it never, and I don't think she would have allowed it. She wouldn't have played it, I don't think. Played what? Something that made her fall. That made her fall back into the expectations of what a black woman should be. At the oh, time. no, I don't think so she uh, would, she either. Would, yeah. She wouldn't have become Jim's maid. No, yeah, no, she didn't fall back into those kind of roles. <laughs> no, no, no. There was no need for her to. You and know? I, I think she needs to be more thoroughly recognized. People should know who she is. More people should know who she is. Than oh, it I seems think plenty do. do. Oh, plenty do. I don't think it's big enough. Oh, I I think she's I think she's a lot more known than you may think. Okay. Fine, really Patrick. Do. Fine. I really do. That's just Fine. my opinion. Sit there. Am like, I not allowed to express my opinion? You're a mean girl. <laughs> Why? Well, you express your opinion, I express my opinion. Go ahead. <laughs> we now move on to Today in History. History. Combine the you two. You want history? Your, combine the team, the uh, like, Snake like out history. the history. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the really like up that way. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I may be wrong. That may be, you know, South London street trash. I don't know. To me, it sounds fancy. <laughs> history. 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 I don't need another syllable. History. <laughs> Unless you're RuPaul, in which case, it is her history. Ooh, history is better. Mm. Sounds better. Yes. Today in history. There was again. Go ahead. Did you hear it? I said go ahead. I was going ahead. Missing the point. Today in history, in 1916, Sir Roger Casement was hanged for treason. Did he deserve it? Well, what it was, he was an, a diplomat and an uh, Irish nationalist. Who hung him? And in 1916, he went over to Germany, which was during World War II. Okay. No, and 1916 is not World War II. World War II ran from 1914 to 1918. Hence, 1916 is during World War One. Excuse me. Yes, you were gonna <laughs> catch it. I only had to wait. And the pomposity was so thick. The answer had to be at the end of it. All I had to do was wait. Let that be a lesson to you, young whippersnappers out there. Anyway, it was World War One in 1916. It was World War One in 1916. So during this time, he went over to Germany and tried to get German aid. Who are we talking about? For the Sir Roger Casement. Okay. And he was trying to get aid for the Irish nationalists who wanted to break away from the United Kingdom. And all they really gave him was like a small shipment of arms, which eventually got intercepted by the British. And at this time, shortly while he was doing all this, the Easter uprising occurred in Dublin in 1916. Okay. Which was this initial kind of rash bid for independence that ultimately failed after, like, by, I think, like, it was, I think it was, like, I think it lasted about a week. Put me in some historical context. Yes. So the, the so the, the British, the, the, the Great Britain, Yes. The monarchy, the, that government. Yep, United Kingdom. It owns and is part, uh, uh, Ireland is part of it. Yes, correct. Okay. So then there's this revolution. They don't want to be part of it because fuck you, we're not, we are. Those are the Irish nationals. Okay. Yes. Right. The Irish nationals. And they eventually now, even still, control, we were talking about them, they're the most of Ireland. The United Kingdom. They controlled all of Ireland at that time. I'm talking about now. Now it's a free country. Okay. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is still part of the United Kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. The moment when 
when everybody in Ireland escaped the British rule except for the Northern Irish. Well, that was in 1922 when um, they had the next Irish Revolution and eventually they broke away from England and then they had a civil war after that. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. I need some historical context. Okay. Where were we in the Irish-English, Irish Great British relationship at this time? Um, I'd say they were probably allies at that time. Was uh, was Ireland part of Great Britain? Ireland was part of Great Britain. Okay, see that's all right. But I like, guess they were, you know, in a, in a way supporting wanting Germany to win in a way because Hopefully, they would get their own independence. They were counting on Germany for the material to, to fight for independence from yeah, Great Britain. but Germany basically strung this Sir Roger case. They just basically strung them along. Why would you go to Germany for something from Great Britain when everybody knows the peop- the royalty, the, the royal family in Great Britain is German? Yeah, but the Germans were fighting Great Britain at the time. It's World War One. Go to Spain. Oh, it's World War One. Hold on, World War yes, One. Right, World I War it. One. I, I, so I'm in world context. Okay. Now I know what's going on. So anyway, he was eventually captured by the British, and he was arrested and tried and convicted, and there was a worldwide plea to spare his life. Why? Because he was known for his uh, human rights, uh, his investigations of human rights abuses in the Congo and Peru. Okay. That gave him some some renown in, in, in a worldwide diplomatic circle. Was he guilty of the charges? Well, that's it depends on who you ask. You know, the British will say yes, the Irish will say the evidence was weak. But it didn't matter because despite all the pleas to spare to spare him and all that, the British government released this man's diary that showed that he was a homosexual. Oh dear. So oh, as a result dear. then everyone backed away from okay, begging for his life and he was executed today at age 51 in 1916. The British did that? Yep. His remains were Where? returned to Dublin in 1965. Where did they hang him? I am assume, I don't know if he was hung in Ireland or in elsewhere in the United Kingdom. Your reporting is shoddy. Maybe then the next time you can do all the research. Then. Oh, you got to put my name on the podcast. <laughs> Your name is already on the podcast. No, it's not. When you look at the podcast, it says Grumpy O' Blah Blah Blah, and there's that horrible picture, and then it says Patrick Finn. Have you looked elsewhere? Have you looked on the website? I have. Have you looked at the episode descriptions? What? Almost every what episode description about? says, in this week's episode, Tommy and Patrick discuss. Yeah, those I've seen. That's true. Those I've seen. Those I've seen. On the website, it says Patrick and Tommy. I agree. I've seen that, too. So don't give me no shit about this. Okay. You want me to do some research? Yes. Okay. I'll do some research. Good. I'll give you some work to do next week then. I'm busy next week. (laughs) Don't fuck yourself then. I have a tech week coming up. (gasps) That reminds me. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Also today in 1982, a 28-year-old gay man in Atlanta named Michael Hardwick was arrested on sodomy charges after police showed up to serve a warrant for a minor traffic violation, they entered his home and found him in bed performing fellatio on another man. See, hold on. Can we stop for a second? Yes. Do the police show up at your house for a minor traffic violation? Well, apparently they do in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm saying. In 1982. Without another reason. Because eventually bitch is going to try to re-register or reinsure or whatever it is you have to do in 1962 in 82. Georgia. 82. 
Okay, so I'm sure they had a registration process. If he has a traffic violation, aren't they just going to wait for the DMV to say, oh, you have this traffic violation that costs $300 that you have to pay? Well, maybe it was a long-standing traffic violation, and they decided to go pursue it personally. What I'm saying is it sounds like a bullshit excuse for information, other information that they had that they would go in and investigate. You're going to show up right as he's got the other guy's cock in his mouth? Bitch, you knew ahead of time. No, I don't think so. They had spies on Grinder. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the police break in and he... They didn't break in. They were let into the home. Who let them in? I don't know. Someone else there in the home. They said, oh, that's his room there. He's in there. And they went, and they went in, and he's in bed. Filating another gentleman. Yes. So then they arrested him for sodomy. What about the other guy? I don't know if he was arrested or not since he was on the receiving end. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, the case eventually wound up before the U.S. Supreme Court. Persecute the body. And in a 5-4 ruling, upheld the constitution constitutionality of the Georgia sodomy law, which criminalized oral and anal sex in private between consenting adults. So you can't give your husband a blowjob if you're a wife, and you're not allowed to go down on your wife and forget rib job. Well, actually, this was all overturned in 2003 in the Supreme Court case of Lawrence v. Texas, which basically overturned this decision in this case, which was known as Bowers v. Hardwick. I'm sorry, uh, Bowers v. Hardwick? That's yes. your, what, what, what is, what, why do I know that? That's the case we were just talking about. No, I know that before, before you. It's a, what, what was decided in that case? It decided it upheld the constitutionality of the Georgia sodomy law that criminalized oral and anal sex in private between consenting adults. Okay, so they, the Supreme Court was like, yeah, you can do that, Georgia. Yes. Okay. I don't like that. That's well, not right. Well, it was overturned 21 years later in the case of Lawrence v. Texas. Okay. We just jumped like 50 years and, and like 4,000 miles, right? Well, 20 years. 21 years. 4,000 miles. Now we're talking about Texas. Well, yeah. It was Georgia. Yes. So when the Supreme Court said, Georgia, you could do that by implication, does that mean that all 50 can do that? You would have to, At right? the time, yes. That's what it probably yeah, said. That probably any did. existing sodomy laws that were on the state books, if they were similar to Georgia's, would probably would probably still stand. Okay. But that was all overturned in 2003. I'm trying to get to 2003. You left me in 1972. 82. 82. You Jesus left me Christ. in 1982. So now... I'd like to leave you in 1982. But you can't, because now <laughs> you're in 2002, and I'm in 2022. So you add another 20 years. To me, it's 40 years gets busted in a similar way. What happened in Texas that leads to this lawsuit? The same thing, basically. Okay, he's so they catch him giving... Okay, he's arrested for sodomy. And the case goes all the way to the Supreme, the Supreme Court. Court. And the same Supreme, case. And the Supreme Court basically says that Bauer v. Bowers v. Hardwick was wrongly decided, and they overturned that decision and struck down the Texas sodomy law. So, generally speaking, on a meta thing, mm -hmm. this is individual rights over states' rights. Well, it basically, it recognized that it was unconstitutional to have a law that criminalized sex in private between consenting adults. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, all right. That's what it basically said. Basically. 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 You don't have to go into all the legalese. I wasn't going to. Oh, yeah. If I asked you to, <laughs> bitch, you'd have that ready. <laughs> Okay, so what, what are we talking about? Why are we here? Well, because this was part of Today in History. Oh, oh so this and he happened. he was arrested today in 1982. 
Okay, so in so he was arrested, and that 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 uh, instigated the Texas case, which well, the decision, the, Georgia case. the decision on his case led to eventuality the eventual decision in two thousand three in Lawrence v. Texas, and, overturned. and that overturns Bauer v. Hard Bauer, Bauer v. Hardwick. Hardwick and. What did that all happen in 1982? It can't have. No, no. Probably about two or three years later. I'm thinking, right? Yeah, it would have to take some time. time. It has to go through the whole appeals process. And then they have to agree to take it. Exactly. And they don't even have to look at your appeal to take a case. They don't They don't have to. They don't have to look at it. They probably got some, like, that's probably what the clerks do, right? They, like, go through the shit, and they're like, nah, not this, not they, this. They pop, nah, well, you may like this. No, those decisions are made by the court. They have weekly conferences deciding whether they're going to take cases or not. Do you mean to tell me that they look at every single case request every week to see which ones they're going to take? There are hundreds. Hundreds of thousands of cases that come before them. This is what I'm saying. So, is it they, would it not be reasonable to probably assume? some are initially weeded out by the clerks, and then there are other ones, probably the majority of which are decided by the Supreme Court justices themselves. Thank you. Continue, please. Uh, thank you. We now move on to our next segment. Thank God. What day is it? Could you play What day and you should appreciate this day, being that you're a Golden Girls fan. I love the Golden Girls. Today is the feast day of Saint Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> they had, I'm sure they had all the Fulgrim Fafin food from Norway. Uh, yeah, well, you Would you like to know about Saint Olaf? Sure. Well, uh, Saint Olaf. Saint uh, Olaf was originally Olaf II. King of Norway from 1015 to 1028. Okay. Before he was king, he was known for his military exploits, as well as his violence and brutality. How did he become king? Well, he, he decided for himself that it was his duty to unite bro, to, to unite Norway. So after he dr- helped dry the Danes out of England, he spent the winter, winter in the kingdom of Normandy, which was in France. France where he was then baptized in the year 1014. He, in 1015, he returns to Norway and declared himself king and basically wiped out the opposition. Based on what? Based on his own decision. He walks into Norway. Yep. He's from Norway. He, yep, he's, yeah, he's Norwegian. He spends all this time outside of Norway. Yes. Does well, he all was, these He things. was performing military exploits for one of the kingdoms that he was a part of. Right, but he helped drive the Denmark out of England. Yep. Uh, so he's working for England now. Then he goes over to France, was he tan, get himself nice, and then he comes back to fucking Scandinavia and said, I'm the king. Basically, yeah. Who supports him? Well, his original, these other nobles did support him, and they said they wiped out whoever opposed him. Who was the king at the time? Well, they were all various kingdoms. He basically united all these kingdoms together. And then in 1019, he married the illegitimate daughter of the king of Sweden. Okay. Just thereby creating some kind of an alliance with Between Sweden. Sweden, right. He is credited with extending the spread and of... And you Christ- got to do something with that illegitimate daughter, because I can't do anything with her in Sweden. Right. So he took her in Norway. Yeah, let's give it in Norway, and they'll be nice to us. But Olaf was credited with extending the spread of Christianity through Norway, chiefly through the efforts of an English clergyman known as Bishop Grimkel. In ten... <laughs> In 1026, can we if, sit on that name for a second? Grimkel, as he's the he's the he's going to be the Catholic, the Catholic. Well, uh, no, there is no Catholic. It's all Christian Church this time. Okay, so it's the Christian Church. So this is your your post. There's no Reformation or anything. Okay, yet. see, that's hundreds of years later. Okay. So in 
1026, after he lost a major naval battle against Danish and English forces, well, that must have been embarrassing. Olaf was overthrown by Norwegian nobles and he was driven into exile, while Wait. Denmark installed a regent to rule in his place. These couldn't have been the same nobles that said, yeah, this guy really is the king. Yeah, it could be, the... yeah, could be. Why? Was he the, Was he a, like a dick? They, I, well, like I said he was known for being a very violent and brutal ruler. Okay. But when the regent who was installed to rule Norway became lost at sea, Olaf used the opportunity to regain the throne and, with Swedish aid, invaded Norway. But he died in battle on July 29th, 1030 AD. So the Swedes eventually ended up backing him. Yes. But anyway, his body was buried in a hidden location, but one year Fucking later, the body was exhumed and found to be incorrupt. What the fuck does that mean? Which means the body had not decayed at all. Incorrupt? Incorrupt. Corrupt. Incorrupt. Okay. Corrupt. Yes. PT. Yes. Okay. Incorrupt. I've never so, heard that expression. So then on August 3rd in 1031, Bishop Grinkel beatified and canonized Olaf. Wait, you can canonize somebody without the Pope? Uh, apparently he did, but about a hundred, about a hundred years later, the canonization was confirmed by a Pope. Probably just, you know, sort of paperwork for the day. Yes. The, oh, we got to do this because it's been 200 years and uh, the Danes are starting to notice. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he's recognized as the patron saint of Norway. Okay. His miracles include... You had to um, have miracles to be... On involved. the day of his death, a blind saint. man regained his sight after rubbing his eyes with his hands stained with Olaf's blood. Where did he get the blood? I don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe sounds on the battlefield there. It sounds suspicious. Another, the other miracle included the killing and throwing onto a mountain of a sea serpent. Onto a mountain. Yes. From, I assume, sea level. That's what I'm assuming. Onto a mountain. A lot depends on the definition of mountain. Yes. But still seems improbable. <laughs> he is also figured in folk tales as a slayer of trolls and giants, and is said to have had healing power. Who kills power. a troll? <laughs> He does. They're just little. Not all. Not all the trolls are little. So they're little. Crazy. They're little guys with the pointy hats. Did you see Lord of the Rings? No, that's Lord. No, you're, you're thinking of elves or right. hobbits or dwarves or gnomes. But trolls are not generally small creatures. Trolls are different from gnomes. <coughs> okay. Sorry. Anyway, Olaf became associated with fertility, nerd. and he was adopted as a patron saint of farmers. Fishermen, sailors, and merchants. Hold on. Fertility. Yep. And all of the blue collar. Yep. I like that. Fertility. So, that's the story of Olaf. Oh. Or Saint Olaf. And why are we talking about him? Because today is his feast day. It's a Christian feast day. It's a Christian feast day. Because this is a day on which he was canonized. Well, we had lamb. Yeah. That's good for a feast. I guess it is. Saint Olaf. So, here's the Saint Olaf. Here's the Saint Olaf. (laughs) That's fucked up. I don't know. I feel two ways about this guy. On the one hand, who the fuck are you? And on the other hand... Oh, he's a big deal in Norway. Go you! No, I'm like, he comes out of fucking nowhere. Uh, Who is he born to? Who is this fucking guy? You know what I'm saying? And to overcome that, uh, in a co- or ma- and to, to overcome that, and then to make a country out of uh, what I'm guessing were like city-states, yes. like Italy was. Yes. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. But he sounds like a dick. <laughs> So I'm torn, but I don't care. Anyway, we now move on into our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. This is going to be a long one. Well, first I was going to talk about the Kansas referendum 
that was voted down last night. In, Pretty amazing. In Kansas. For those who are unaware, Kansas had a referendum for the people to vote on, which would have amended the state constitution to say that there was no right to abortion. And by a vote of 59% to 41%, it was it did not pass. For that to happen in Kansas, of all places, one of the reddest states going, is pretty amazing, I think. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it's totally amazing. Yeah. It's totally amazing. I don't think anyone was expecting this to happen. Nobody. You got to, like, it can't just, it can't just be a fluke. Like when Alabama and Tennessee and Mississippi, they start, you know, voting in favor of choice. And right, against yeah. A, when, the, when it starts becoming a whole countrywide. Well, well those state legislatures were doing be, it in those cases. In this case, it was a, like I said, it was a referendum. The voters. On this was the, the voters. Yeah. yeah. And they said, no, fuck you. Yeah, basically. That's pretty amazing. It's, it's, I want it to happen in a lot of places. It should be a wake-up call to the Democrats that, like, you know, this, this is, is an the, issue. This is the issue. This is the issue you got to use. Right. If it's going to be a midterm issue election. But they got to have to go beyond just talking about the right to abortion. they got to talk about the other rights that are endangered as well because of what's happened to Roe v. Wade. If all of the armchair Democrats were able to set policy, there'd never be anything but a Democratic administration or Congress ever again. Right. But we're stupid. Yeah. Or there's something about Democrats that prevents them from flexing the muscle that they have. Yes, I agree. That's a whole other story, please. All right. So we'll get involved in that someday, too. Yes. What was the thing I could go on and on about I said earlier we should talk about later? I think I will. That's going to be our next topic, I think. But just to conclude on this, just so even though that this this referendum did not pass, Kansas only has uh, four clinics available in the whole state, and there are already restrictions on abortion that um, that limits abortions after 22 weeks of pregnancy to cases where the pregnant person's life is in danger, and also requires an ultrasound before the procedure. So there are still restrictions in place in in Kansas, but the bottom line is. They're still going to recognize a general right to an abortion. Okay. So that's a good thing. Good on you, Kansas. Now, the next thing I think you're going to talk about is the Sandy Hook's parents' defamation trial against Alex Jones. This was such a moment on television today for me. Which moment? I know, because there were a couple. (laughs) Yes. But when, when the guy says, when the plaintiff's attorney says... Your attorney made a mistake 12 days yeah. ago. Yeah, well, let's give them some context on this. Tell me, go ahead. Jones had testified that he had no text messages referring to Sandy Hook at all. That he hadn't already turned over. Yeah, and I don't think he turned them over anyway. Neither. 12 days ago, Jones's attorney inadvertently sent the past two years of Jones's phone records to the plaintiff's attorneys. It was sent by accident. Well, now, let me ask. And then according to what we heard in court today, after they got it, they contacted Jones's attorneys, let them know that they sent it, and they didn't raise any kind of objection. They didn't try to exert any kind of privilege against their release or anything. So what does that tell you as a practicing attorney? You've got some... I think he's got some bad attorneys there, <laughs> to say the least. But I said, they questioned him, like he said, oh, I never had... I'm like, oh, really? Well, 12 days ago, your your attorney sent us these records. Which proves that you lied to me yesterday. Yeah. That moment on, Ale- on Alex's face was golden. Yeah, exactly. It really was. And then he goes on and says that that 
Sandy Hook 100% happened and was real. Yeah, he admits that it was real, but he's saying that he was only expressing his opinion, which is protected by the First Amendment. Right, right, That he right. was only raising questions that were raised by others before him. He was doing a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, he He sure called was. these parents actors. He said the whole thing was a hoax. The kids were fake. The they, kids were fake. There were no kids. Yeah. Nobody died. That this was all uh, a false flag uh, thing Against to help the, the Democrats... So they could pass more gun uh, gun, gun control, control gun control laws. That's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. So and you know what's funny about it is he never stopped with that. That no, was like he's, ten years ago. He's still saying this stuff as of this week, and they even played it in court. Because what he said this week. He's been riding on this for ten years because it's been paying him. Yeah, that's why. But it's the the parents are like you know what. Enough of this. I lost my kid. I'm a parent. I'm not an actor. I don't work for fucking... What are we, what are we the left wing? Uh, Antifa? <laughs> yes. And I don't work for these... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a parent who lost my kid by, by a AK-45 while they were in school. Yeah. They were six. Uh, and yeah, he's such a... He's so disgusting. Yeah. He's so disgusting. He really is. He, he's an opportunistic piece of shit. He'll say whatever he needs to say in front of whoever he needs to because he says one thing in front of this judge who he has insulted. Yeah. And well, then, well, he's already he went on the air the other day and said that the judge and the lawyers were all demonically possessed. Demonically possessed. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you? And then he says that But it's like he's trying he's trying to push the judge into declaring a mistrial. With where where he where he says to the judge where he says to his people on his show that the judge says to the jury, you know he's guilty. You just have to find out how much. And you just have to decide how much. And he rants that the, he, she's telling the jury that he's guilty. Because he is. He's, he, def he refused or did not comply with discovery. So the judge entered the full judgment against him on the issue of whether he was guilty of defamation. So he's been found guilty on so this So now they're just, trying, they're just trying to determine the damages now at this point. And the parents sued for like $150 million. So he's thinking that this default judgment, by the by nature of it being a default judgment, means that he's not guilty, he's a victim. Yeah, oh, of course, that's what he's going to play. And of course now, you, I don't know if you realize... He also now is filing for bankruptcy for his company. Didn't now. he sue his company? No, he didn't sue. The, he didn't sue his own company. I no, think he, he did. Fi he, no, he has filed for bankruptcy. I know the company did. But no, no, he did. He owns the company. Right, right, right. I get it. So he's he and his attorneys things. Well, of course he is, because he's tried. To, he's tried doing this before, and he's there's two more trials coming up after this one. Uh, yeah. So this guy's in a shitload of trouble. He really is, and oh my, it's just yeah. You just keep your mouth shut, buddy, he's but just, he can't. He just he doesn't can't. stop. He can't keep his mouth shut, no, and he's got None it. of them can. No. Mike Lindell, another one who buried himself. Mike Lindell. Right? Was the pillow a, man. The pillow oh, guy. Oh, the pillow man. You got to say the pillow man, or I don't know. Not the pillow man. <laughs> the pillow guy. The pillow. My pillow. The my pillow guy. My pillow guy. Right. My pillow. My, another douche. Pillow. But another one. It's like, buddy, you lost. You shut up now and take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really? Because these judges are not fucking around with people like that. No, they're not. No, they're not. Not anymore. They can't. So what's next? I can't wait. I can hardly wait. We are now up to the segment known as We Like to Watch. And for which we have a new sound cue. We better. 
Thanks to a suggestion by our fan and friend, Denise Lardy. Who I don't know. You don't know? Do you I know, don't know Denise Lardy. Do you know Bill Lardy? I know. Oh, I thought you knew Bill. I don't know either of them. I'm just saying that. They're both involved in the Long Island Theater community. Okay, I'm just saying that I don't know them in case the queue sucks. Oh, okay. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm putting some sort of future distance between us. I had recommended a sound clip. For yes, this you session. had. Okay. But then I heard so this I one, fulfilled. and I thought this was better. Okay, so let's hear what it is. Okay. You sent it to me. I didn't listen. And now it's time for We Like to Watch. That's excellent. Perfect, right? Excellent. Thank you, Denise Lord, yes. for your Thank wonderful you, suggestion. Yes, I, 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 you and I go way back, girl. Yeah. <laughs> she fired her the first part and said, what the fuck is he talking about? Of course I know Tommy. I don't think she does. I don't think she does. No? I don't think she does. Oh, okay. I thought everybody knew you. I don't know. I don't know anybody. That's the thing. That's why I'm where I am. Oh, my God. I don't know anybody. Anyway, what did you watch this week, Thomas? Neil Patrick Harris's Heine. Ah, yes. You mean the show Uncoupled on Netflix, which Stephen and I binged for the past two nights. It, yeah, it took me a couple... I took, I think, three nights to get through the whole thing. Yeah, it's only eight episodes. It's eight half episodes. hour each. He is absolutely adorable. I think it's his best role yet. It's, he's at, He's really, really good. Let's get a few dirty things out of the way. Okay. Is it Sex in the City with gay characters? Yes. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree, yes. yes. The city plays a big part in the show. It's yes, it beautifully does. photographed. Oh, definitely. He's in beautiful locations. Yeah. He's an affluent real estate, real, you know, as a realtor, you know? Very high end. Walls with wainscoting. Yeah. You know, it's a very, yes, it is. Very upper crusty gay. Yes. Okay, these are the Pines gays. Yes. That you have a hair up your ass. <laughs> um, but that being said. What I like about his character is that he makes mistakes. He's not the perfect character, even though he's the lead. He and makes plenty of mistakes in this show. And they use the opportunity of the supporting cast to point it out. Oh, but the supporting cast in the show is fantastic. Tisha Campbell. Right. Tisha Campbell is the perfect black girl to oh put God, next she's to great. fucking Neil What Patrick a great Harris. partner. They have such great chemistry she, together. She, she was, she's been awesome right? for so long. Yeah. And I hope that the fact that she's that she's now standing next to NPH and is his like right hand man, yeah, that she she finally comes into what she's due, right? She's yeah, she's so she's good fantastic. On show. And what's her name? Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha Gay as Claire. Harden. Fantastic. Great, great, great role for her. Because uh, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize it was her because the the, I didn't the voice sounded different from what I had heard from like years ago when I had seen her. Yeah, and then I was like. It's Marsha Gay Harden. She oh, my God. Old. Yeah, but she looks great, though. She looks great. She, the character is fantastic. Oh, I love the character. She plays it until she comes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> She's just all over that. It's a great role. Anybody would play that role. Like, yeah. That's a dream role. Right? Yeah. It was fun. It's it was a fun, fun show. It was like it. There was no great social statement. No. There was no rise, no call to rise against the man. It was just a fun game. It was a story of a man who... Broke up with his boyfriend, left him, and now he has to go back onto the scene as a single man again. A single gay man in Manhattan. At, at the age oh, of 50. At the, uh, he's 40. Well, he's only, yeah, he's a couple of years younger. He's yes. 40. The boyfriend was 50. Yes, that's right. That's just to make the sting a little stingy. Because they were together for like 17 years. They were together for 17 years. And, and I just start all over all again. All over again with this beautiful apartment. And right. His friends and these people and... 
And I like the two male friends so far. I mm -hmm. mean, they, they look like they're kind of waiting for an execution. They've established the characters really well, I think. Are we going to last? I think the black guy's safe. Yeah. I think they both are. I think they're both characters are. Because they're, they're different. They're also different perspectives of the gay experience, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like the weatherman. He's funny as shit. Yeah, oh my God. I love Horst, the German guy. Oh, what? <laughs> Horst? Horst. He's the one who shows him on the phone that his that his boyfriend had moves to Florida. Or oh yeah, in Florida. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Horst. Yeah. I loved Horst. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch with the bad news can't wait to give it to you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Character. So that's what I watched. That was nice. Cool. What I, else you watched? I enjoyed that. I watched. A uh, biography situation sort of thing. Okay. Maybe it was 90 Minutes. What was it called? Ivana Trump. Oh, okay. Didn't see that. What was that on? Um, I think I I think I saw it on Hulu. Okay. It was either Hulu or Netflix. Okay. Um, but I think I saw it on Hulu. I think it was like an NBC News sort of, uh, ex like not expose, but like examination of her life yeah. after she died. It was sort of this thing that they do for these people. Right. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Ivana. Ivana, you didn't fuck with Ivana. No, definitely not. She was she was part of it. She was in it. She yep. was in it. Oh, yeah. Was deep. Yes, she was. Um, Until she got pushed out for a younger woman. Uh, yeah. And even then, you know what? Managed the hotel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, but she came back from all of it. All of the oh time. yeah, and she 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 did what she had to do, and she wrote she never became script. that crushed fallen woman, you know. She, no, she rose above it all. She, yeah, and she 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 got a great settlement. Oh God, yeah, she should have. And um and she did she did good stuff. She was a bitch. She was hard. She was difficult. She was. Would you believe that there are people out there who think that she was murdered? Um, why was she murdered? <coughs> that she knew something about Trump that she was going to reveal. Honey, I heard that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. She knew everything about Trump. I know, but come on. <laughs> why would she got buried on a Trump golf course? This is so. Do you think she was ever going to turn against the family? This is the saddest thing. I heard that. I was like, story. what? I was like, I, I'm like, no, I don't believe that one. Please. Buried, you don't believe she's buried at the golf club? Oh, I believe that part. Yeah, That's, I don't believe that she was murdered. As I'm part not, of some conspiracy. I, 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 These are the same people who think Justice Scalia was murdered when he died. Listen, if you if, know? if he if if uh, Ivana was facing a January sixth commission fucking subpoena, right? I'd say, yeah, I'm a little suspicious. Well, yes, but she wasn't. But she wasn't. She hasn't been involved. No, it, he. She wasn't involved in his presidency publicly at all. Yeah, because because there's that great. Interview she gave with, I think it was Barbara Walters, where she was like, I'm not the first lady, but I am the first wife. <laughs> and I speak to him every day, every two days, everything. I am the first lady. You know, like she was, she was, <clears throat> I, I don't know. She was like, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of liked Devon. I didn't want to be, I don't want to be in a room with her. I don't want to, I don't want I don't want her to be my boss. <laughs> you admired her. But I, I would like, I'd like to like be with her if she got dressed to go out. Okay. That would be fun. <laughs> you know, to be the gay for a day. Yes. Be the gay escort. Not too much time because high maintenance is fuck and I can't deal with that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. She was too high maintenance, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. Come on. Look at who he was married to. Of course, it was high maintenance. Yeah. The hair alone takes to attendance. All right, what else you got with me? Well, I was going to ask, what else did you watch? Oh, 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 God, I was so ready. There was something else. I watched the whole series. I know. You told me you watched so much shit this week. Yeah, I did. There was Ivana. There was Neil Patrick Harris. And there was... Did you watch The Meanest Man on the Internet? I didn't. Or the most hated man on the internet, I did think it's called. Did you watch that? Yes, I did. Who was it about? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I don't know how I missed this story, but I did. Well, you're old. It is the story of the rise and fall of the self-titled king of revenge porn named Hunter Moore. Okay, he, I don't like him. He was this 26-year-old guy who started this website. It was supposed to be like a nightlife website. It eventually became the site where people would send in naked photos right, of, of like exes. And Moore's website would post them along with uh, personal information as to where they could be located. And what this documentary eventually finds out is, is that he hired someone to hack the phones of some of these women. So this way, he got into their social media, was able to post other photographs that they had in their possession. Oh, this is scary. Photographs of their family. Okay, I don't like this. And these women would like be begging him to take these posts, and he just laughed at them all. Dick. And, yeah, he was. He was a total fucking disgusting dick. Okay. But he got so full of himself, and he made the same mistake that Steve Rebell of Studio 54 made. He went on national TV. In this case, he went on Anderson Cooper's show. Oh, dear. And what may have worked well on the internet didn't work so well on national TV. And before you know it, then the FBI started looking into him. <laughs> but what the amazing part of this documentary was, this one girl, her phone was hacked, and she had taken this Photo, two couple of photographs of herself in various naked poses that she never shared with anyone except her one boyfriend. Okay. And she found out the boy, the ex-boyfriend had posted them. And so her mother got involved, and her mother went on the warpath. As mothers do. Well, also, there was a stepfather involved. And at first, he didn't want to get involved. They finally, because first, the daughter didn't want to say anything to him about it. Then they eventually tell him. And he doesn't want to get involved. And then later on in the documentary, he gets a fax threat from this group now of this Hunter Moore, his followers, that is called The Family. They basically are like a cult following online. And he got a threat from them on the fax. And then you find out that the stepfather is an attorney. Okay. So he ended up calling up the attorney for the website, which was called isanyoneup.com. Told the attorney, uh, this was a personal photograph. That means that the person who took it has the copyright to it. You're violating that copyright. If you don't do, I'm going to do all this shit to you. Then they got the photograph off. And it's like, for, I was so pissed at the stepfather. I'm like, you're an attorney and you resisted getting involved in this to help your stepdaughter? You're a scumbag. Well, people don't always like their stepchildren. Obviously, I, I guess there was an issue, but still, that's your family. You help out your family. It's not your like family. That. It's not your family. You marry the wife. That, that daughter is your family. So if, Sorry. if you marry a woman who has children, those children are yours automatically by virtue of your marriage. They're part of your family. Your, yes. But, but your relationship is with the woman and yeah. not necessarily with her children. Not necessarily. But if they're grown children and they're already living on their own, that's one thing. But if they're young children still living with her and you just married her, yeah, they're part of your family. Even if I don't adopt them. Even if you don't adopt them. That seems harsh. Jesus Christ. Anyway, even after they got the daughter's photos 
Oh, is this site. The, the most hated man in the internet? Yes. I, it, oh it's you listen up, to me when I fucking talk. It's coming up on my Netflix. Okay. As like only on Netflix suggested but for you kind of thing. the mother pursued this guy and she found 40 other women who were victimized who were hacked by him. No shit. And before you know it, this other guy gets involved be- purposely as a advertiser on the site because he wants to take the guy down. And the guy was starting to get in trouble, so he offers to buy the site for a like a paltry something like twelve thousand dollars. Okay. And now when people click on the site, it goes to an anti-bullying site. Okay. I love people who do shit like the that. The hacker group Anonymous gets involved. They go after this guy, Hunter Moore, and basically wreck his life. To the point they have him declared dead. And they wiped out his social security number. Really? Eventually this guy is arrested by the FBI. He went to jail for like two and a half years. Uh, and because at one point he was certainly to put up another site then. And he was going to do even worse things. And that's when Anonymous got involved. And then before you know, the FBI arrested I'll tell him you finally. What, Anonymous is not to be fucked with. No. But I'll tell you, this, this mother, her name was Charlotte Laws, Mama Bear. Tenacious woman. Oh, my God. She, they said her investigation work. Like she impressed the FBI agents with really? all the investigation work that she had done on this. Okay, that's Because when they initially went to the police and the FBI, they basically ignored what she was talking about. As they are, like, apt to do. Right. So I highly recommend, yeah, the, the most hated man the on the internet, hated man without a doubt. We now move on to our next segment. Is with... this our last one? Nope. I'm getting tired. Oh, too bad. So sad. I need a union. Yeah, you do. I do. I need it. Like, is there a sidekick union? <laughs> The fuck did LaFou do? Who? LaFou. Who's LaFou? He's... I use for real. Who the hell is LaFou? LaFou is maybe the the most iconic Disney sidekick of all time. He's Gaston's sidekick. Oh, in what? Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast. Uh, okay. LaFou right. is the fool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, and so he, yeah. He's uh, okay as a sidekick. He's fantastic. The other one is the parrot. Well, Gilbert that's the one Godfrey. I was going to talk about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a sidekick. That's a good sidekick. <laughs> Barney Rubble is a good sidekick. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. We now move on to our next segment, which is... Turn your head. No, we already did that segment. Um, tick, tock, tick, No, we already did that segment. Uh, I know. Wish, we, um, wish you were here for them. What, what did you do? What's next? Oh, next is oh, people saying people stupid, stupid things. things. God, just... Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, you are, Karen. Who's Karen? Who's Karen? And in my Karen search, I have yet to come up with the right Karen. Okay. I, I haven't had that Karen experience that I've been waiting for. Okay. I'm still on the hunt. I Thank should you. probably leave the house more often. Yes, you should. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, today's nominee for people saying stupid things is Representative Lauren Boebert. Oh, she's so easy, Patrick. This is low-hanging fruit. Well, yeah, but this was pretty freaking stupid. All right, go ahead. She was on an There inter- was again. What? Go ahead. She was on an interview on Newsmax, you know, that reputable news station, and she recalled how she confronted Democratic politician Beto O'Rourke okay. after he suggested that assault-style weapons should be banned. So this is what she said. I was compelled to go to him because... Because I saw that a disarmed populace, if the citizenry, if the citizenry in America is disarmed, then we are no longer citizens. We are subjects. You know, here in America, we have gourmet treats for puppies. We have these amazing groomers for dogs. In Venezuela, 
They eat the dogs, and it started because they do not have firearms to protect themselves, to defend themselves against a tyrannical government. I have to pee. <laughs> And, and now that you're done urinating... What, it what, made what, my kidneys... Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's it. That's what she said. Of well, course, eating dog was occurring in Venezuela among the poor long before um, anything else was occurring in Venezuela. So dogs are the reason the Democrats... They eat uh, no. They, well, no. What she's saying is that in Venezuela, that they're eating dogs because they don't have guns to protect themselves. How do they kill the dogs? I, I, I don't see. What does one have to do with the other? Because otherwise, you're going to kill a dog with a rock. Well, like, how do you kill a dog? I don't know. I never killed a dog. I don't know. No, but let's think about this. For but a you're looking for logic where none exists. No, she's yes. saying people in Venezuela eat dogs. Because they don't have guns to fight to against, their, against, the, against government. the tyrannical government. What is the logic there? Well, because they don't have guns, they... Yeah, let me know when you come back around to hit the ball. Realize. Hit the ball and give me a second. I'll work through it. <laughs> See, this is what you don't let me do. You know this shit's coming ahead of time, so you're ready with your answers. I am hearing this shit for the first time and have to stumble, so give me a fucking second. Now, why is she saying that if they don't have guns, if the populace doesn't have guns, they have to eat dogs? So the populace having guns is a way to ensure meat for the populace? Or is the mere threat of the populace being armed enough for the government to make sure that we have enough meat that we don't have to eat the dogs? Uh, and also, who are these dogs? Uh, this is uh, We're not talking about the chihuahua that sits on your sofa, because who the fuck is that going to feed? Do you mean wolves? I, I don't. Uh, are there wolves in Alabama? Where are we talking about? Argentina? Venezuela. Venezuela. <laughs> uh, it's a ridiculous thing to say, because at least too She's many... She's basically saying that if the people had guns to fight against their government, they wouldn't have to eat dogs. Right. I get it. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to string her logic, but there is. I mean, you can't. Okay, I you think, can't. All right, that's I'm, the point. Okay, I'm trying. So I'm maybe I'm proving your point that you I, can. I think you are because it's ridiculous it's and there's no straight ridiculous. line at all between those two things. No, there isn't. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't like Louie enough to eat him. <laughs> You know? But anyway, to Lauren Bobert. Stupid! You're so stupid! Go ahead, get me out of here fast. Yeah, this should soothe you. A little Julie Andrews. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, round packages. She always fucks up the words. She adds those extra couple She fucks up the words. She does. Julie Andrews fucked up the words. You need to let that. That cue go on for an extra beat. Oh, I you do. The end of. Oh, that. you want to hear the end of the thunder? The end of the thunder. Okay. But before it's, mm. I'll talk to my producer about. He's right here. I'm gonna get yelled at. Look at the way he's looking at me. He wants to re-edit the Julie Andrews cut of my favorite. He needs an things. extra beat because he wants to hear more of the thunder. I want the thunder that's cut off to not sound cut off electronically. Lick my fucking asshole. I want you to. I don't. I, I don't even. You'll you'll feel the thunder. Bitch. I don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> Will you help me? <laughs> You're on your own now. Lick my asshole. <laughs> of course he will. Go, he's, would you go? He's quite good at it. Will you go? <laughs> oh my God! You're worried about me. 
<laughs> anyway, for those of you who haven't realized by now, we're up to five faves. Oh, okay. This is <laughs> today's category is our five favorite stand-up comedians. Now, this living. We have to. We have to. We have to be transparent here. Okay. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. So every week I get a note from Patrick. A yes. Text. A messenger. You said you were going to be quiet. A text or a messenger message or something that says, uh, your homework this week is, and he gives me the topic for the five phase, and then he says, and don't forget your gripe of the week. That's it. And I can go back weeks and weeks and weeks, and that's the entire exchange we have about this podcast throughout the week. I have no idea, no idea what's going on, but he wants me to have the five phase ready. Yes. So he sends me that. Now, you, if you've listened, you've heard. I don't always have the five faves ready. So, so he tells me, and he tells me to have my gripe. It's a reminder because I am who I am. So this week, he sends me a message. He's like, "Did we ever do? And he, did we ever do your five favorite gay singers?" And I was like, I was at home. I was like with Louis, and I, I, I like give a look. Is this like the fuck? This has never happened before. 52 weeks we've been doing this. has never happened. So I type back. I'm like, uh, no, but we did gay icons, and most of them were singers. Because neither one of us was going to pick a gay icon who's like a, like, like a makeup artist. All right. So, so we open. Then he's like, I'm going to pick this. Five favorite living comedians. I said, Patrick, I don't know five living comedians. Uh, of course you do. And he says, we'll see. And that was the end of it. But it was weird because of all this time, there's never been that much communication about what we were going to do on Wednesday. <laughs> I come in and I sit down and he goes off on his thing. I do impulsively whatever it is. I uh, So it was weird. And now that we're at it, yes. like right now we're confronting it. Yes. Are we going to do the five favorite living comedians? Yes. Stand-up comedians, Okay. Yes. Is that okay? It's weird, but there was no, like, communication beyond that. Like, we didn't discuss this. Well, you said I couldn't think of any, and I wrote back, of course you can. Oh, yeah. I can think of a couple. Of Well, I'm sure you can think of five. I, no, but I wanted to be transparent to the to, to the people in uh, Spanish, Spanish food, Alabama, that we're not, like, trying to pull something over on you. All right, so... I'm gonna go with Sarah Milliken. Sarah Mill, I'm not familiar with her. She's from she's from the British Isles. Okay. In some way. She's a, a little middle-aged. Okay. She's not that old. She's a bit uh chunky. Okay. Okay. She's fucking hilarious. Um, which is about the most you can say about any stand-up. Yes. She's exactly. fucking hilarious. Okay. Sarah Milliken, she's got the English accent you can put on your what do I want to say closed caption. Right. Yeah, Sarah Milliken. All right, good, good choice. We found her on TikTok. Cool. Very funny. I'm sure. Talks about her fanny. That's the one I couldn't think of before, the guy on TikTok. There's a bunch of really funny comedians. There's the one, I think he's Filipino, it's JR something. I could, oh, I don't know. Oh, I could look it up. I could I'm going to look, look it up TikTok. right now. TikTok has a lot of very funny 
and really talented people. J.R. de Guzman. He's my first. Oh, J.R. de Guzman. Love him. Uh, oh, he's my hilarious. God. He is hysterical. He's hilarious. The way he riffs on an audience. I would never have thought of him. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It never. It would never have occurred to you. Yeah. I've never seen him like in a comedy special, but I always see him on the well, TikTok that's why, videos. Because, you know? He, he's almost grassroots out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, nobody knows who the fuck he is. Yeah. But he's promoted himself on with these videos. That's what I'm saying. And he's, he's hysterical. Oh, my God. He's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Like I said, he knows how to riff off, off of an audience. Okay. So what really does Carlos Riaz? Uh, no. <laughs> J.R. de Guzman. J.R. de Guzman. Yes. Oh, my God. I love the, every word of that. <laughs> J.R. de Guzman. So that's my first choice. J.R. Who's your second choice? Sebastian Maniscalco. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm not sure if that's damn. His, I'm not sure if that's his name. If you Google, you don't him, you're not sure if that's if his you Google name. him, he's he's very Italian. He's very funny. Sebastian Maniscalco. Is okay. there such a person? Okay, yes, there so, is. so so you let me see his face. Right. I. Okay, well, for, I have a confession about the name Sebastian. Yes, that's him. Okay. He is freaking hilarious. He does this thing about, like, the difference when the doorbell would ring. Right. When we were kids. Okay. As opposed to now. Like, the doorbell would ring and they would be like, pick that shit up and cut the cake and whatever. whatever. And, uh, and now it's like, everybody hide. Turn off the lights. Don't mention the... Uh, he's just very, he's very, very funny. Oh, cool. What else can you say about a comedian? He's very funny. Yes. Next. Next. For I'm me. Done. I'm done. My my next choice, Wanda Sykes. Oh, I like her. I love Wanda. Oh, my gosh. She's I great. like Wanda Sykes. For years back, you know, just watching Oh, her God, routines. can I put her as my, like, fourth? Well, she can be your... Third. You've already given me two now, so she'll be let, your... Let her be my third. She'll, she'll be your third? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I, get, I totally get Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Wanda's she's, great, you know? She's awesome. She really is. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I totally get Wanda. I like that. Yeah. You can't say no to Wanda. My head didn't go there, but yeah. Right? But yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Cool. Okay, so that's your third choice. Okay. So you want my third your choice? Your third choice? Eddie Izzard. Oh, I like Eddie. Eddie's great. Oh, my God. Is he still great. alive? Yeah, he still performs. He just did a uh, comedy special, I believe, and he's back in and back in his full drag. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing about Eddie Izzard was it was never full drag. No, it was always some combination. He was uh, always... A sort of flamboyant guy with makeup on. Yeah, but he also wore women's clothing, too. He didn't bother to wear a wig. No, he never. He, no, he never bothered with a wig. No, he never did. Yeah, so he would wear women's clothes, but be a man. Yeah, yeah, he would just be himself. You know. Yeah, I like it. And I, I like what him. I like about him. His routines always sound like they're improvised. That he's just making it up on the spot. Yeah. That's what I really like about him. It all sounds so fresh. That's a talent. And original. It, and he's so good at it. You can't learn that. No, like you that's, can't. That's how you do. Yeah. Because he started as a, he started as a street performer. You know? Oh, he started he? literally on yeah, the streets. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, me too. I like him. So that's my third choice. Oh, God. We're only up to three? Yep. You have two more. I have two more. Okay. Can I say... Eddie Izzard. You can't keep copying my choices. All right. Let me give you a second. Can I say Steve Harvey? You can say Steve Harvey. Harvey. He's just funny. Yes, he is. And he's him, a funny comedian. He's also a very funny, very funny host of uh, Family Feud. Which to me is why he's funny because he reminds it, me like Groucho Marx on You Bet Your Life. It's you know, not, uh, Bill Cosby was excellent at this. He's not scripted. He yeah. has no idea what these people are nope. going to say. And and when they do ridiculous, that he he's he's an expert at that. 
And that's a separate skill, and I appreciate him, his ability there. He's very strong. Yeah, right? He's, he's, he's really strong. All right, good choice. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll approve of that. Who was that? What did I say? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, yeah. He's the guy from Family Feud. I like him. Right, me too. Yeah. He's funny. My fourth choice, uh, Louis Black. Oh, I like him. I liked him ever since I first saw him on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And he would do his rants on there. And now I watch his co- I watch his comedy routine since then. I love how it's fucking great. How oh my tense God. and how angry and how over the top he gets. Yeah, it's so right? fucking funny. It really is. It's like the reverse <laughs> Archie Bunker. Yes, right. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you calm down, honey. Should we call my one? Somebody, somebody, go out the lobby and get the hot thing. We got, oh what my fuck? god! Yeah, he's yeah. very. Some of those fun. rants are just—they're classic. Yeah, they really are. And he gets holed up in that. Right, it's so fun. I know. Because <laughs> I relate to that. I get that sort of frustration. Yeah, that he feels. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's my number four. Oh God. Who's your number five? I'm going to say, anybody who can get they sell smacked by Will Smith? Chris Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, All I God. want in my life is to be smacked by Will Smith. <laughs> like, that would be awesome for me. So he made it happen for him, and I say good for him. Okay, cool. All right. Very cool. My fifth choice is a tie. Of course it is. I couldn't decide no, between of the two. Because I think yeah, that no. they're both comedians I've seen in the past year and they're both funny as funny shit. Is oh my there's god. Nothing else to say about the queen. So go ahead. Well, who are they? The first one is this British Irish comedian named Jimmy Carr. Okay. He's known for going into like darker material. He got okay. he got into a joke, he got into trouble once for making a joke about the Holocaust. Okay. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. He's Irish. He's Irish and English. He speaks with an Irish accent? Uh, no, I'd say primarily English accent. He seems like he has the Irish sense of humor. I, I think he, I think his mother was Irish, or I think he was brought up here in England. Uh, here in England? Well, not Bitch, here. Bitch, you live on Long Island. <laughs> you live in farming fucking Dale, okay? Here in England. Where the fuck are you? Fucking Windsor Castle? Yes, fuck? right now I am. Here in I'm in Windsor Castle. And I'm sitting here with the Queen Mother. I'm sitting here in a smoke-filled room in Farmingdale wondering why you're in fucking England in Windsor Castle sipping tea with the two Elizabeths. What can I say? It was a really good cone. I had a really, really <laughs> normal bottle of wine. Yes. And I don't know what you were drinking. Go out and get more for next week. Anyway, my final the two of my two who tied. Okay. The other one is a, uh, a Latina woman named Cristela Alonso. Okay. She has, she has two specials on Netflix right now. Oh my god! This woman had me rolling on the floor. I she love was that. So fucking fun. I love that. Okay. Yeah, I, I. It's rare that I have. I can say that I you know some women comedians. Some of them are really great at being like really dirty and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's more than that, you know. She's more than just doing dirty humor, and she's fucking hysterical. Yeah, so well, yeah, Rosie didn't do anything really dirty. Like there are some female. Co- well, I was gonna say Joan Rivers, but she did some dirty stuff. Yeah, yeah, she did some. <laughs> 
You know? Dr. Schwartz at your cervix. Right. But yeah, those are our five com- favorite stand-up living comedians. Okay, that, that was pretty painless. I thought so too, was right? Chris Rock, was Chris Rock a decent choice? Yes, I thought Chris Rock was a very good choice. Excellent, okay. He has some great routines. I don't want to be made fun of in Kansas. Because <laughs> now Kansas is the shit. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about Kansas right now? Yes, it is. And all about Kansas. All about Kansas. And... and, and <laughs> Kansas now because they the start they got to smile at me. Yes, they so are. So I want to make sure that everything's okay. Okay. All right. What's next? We're now on to our final segment of Thank the God. evening. What time is it? It's like four hundred o'clock. <laughs> well, if you stop going off our radio. Get off my lawn. Oh. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. Now you were so proud of yourself because you had one. Yes, I actually have one this week. So let's start. With and it's you. something that we've actually have discussed before. Okay. Narcissists on TikTok videos. But you don't. You don't. Uh, you don't even have a TikTok account. No, but I see the videos via social media. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. As they're sharing. And it. you know, as a gay man who loves seeing a. Good-looking, naked male body. You would think I would appreciate some of these men who are filming themselves and their bodies. We've had this discussion. It's yes. called a thirst trap. Yes, you, that's right. You called it a thirst trap. That's right. No, I didn't call it a thirst well, no, I would never have been that brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I took that, that off the internet. That's what okay. they call it. It's a thirst trap. It's a thirst trap. And the, every, every single fucking one of them is beautiful. And I'm turned off by them because... It, it looks like so many of them just look like they're so into their bodies more than anything else. Really? That's, if I get turned off by something like that, it's because they're trying to. Well, that's what I think some of them are doing. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> you know? Those are the ones that turn me off. The ones who are really into their bodies, they don't really turn me off. It's the ones I like who are like, maybe they have their shirt off and they're doing something else in the video. Like, oh, I like that body. Oh, dude, there's a guy who chops wood. Okay. Okay, that's his deal. He's a fucking lumberjack. <laughs> okay. Okay, and he chops wood. Okay, I haven't uh, seen this one. He's fucking fabulous. Talk about how it comes across your social media. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he posted himself crushing a watermelon between his thighs. Oh, wow. I volunteered my head <laughs> as tribute. <laughs> I haven't heard back, but he, he's just this really big, really beautiful, really spectacularly built man. And he, he just, we just watch him chop wood and I will watch for hours. And you're looking at me like that. I will send you a link. Uh, of his TikTok when I come across it. Okay. Uh, I'll see it tonight for sure. Yeah. He's fantastic. So you said something that set me off on the lumberjack guy. I don't well, know what it was. about the body narcissist on video. Yeah. 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 That's to set that tangent off. Well, a body narcissist, is that harsh? Is like everybody who participates in pornography as a performer a body narcissist? Maybe some are, maybe some aren't. But it's not like they're looking directly at the camera like, oh, this is my body. Don't you think I look fucking great? Oh, I get it. So it's the same thing. It's the arrogance of youth and beauty that bothers you. No, because there are other... There are plenty of other beautiful people I see in these videos, whether they're clothed or unclothed, you know? It's the ones who just go on there just to say... Do you see how beautiful my body yeah, is? Yeah, Don't you think thing. I look fucking great? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, but what else is there to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The arrogance of youth and beauty. Yeah. I guess. It's not, I don't know. It's just, I said, it doesn't bother. I love youth and beauty more than 
<laughs> just as much as the next gay guy. Raise your hands. I, it, but I say it's the narcissism that turns yeah, me yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what turns me off. That's rough. Yep. That is rough. So narcissist, get off. Those usually I just <laughs> mute. I just pass by. I usually. just no, I no. mute them. I watch them, but I mute them because okay. I don't want to hear what you're saying. <laughs> I don't want to hear fucking music. Just take your shirt off. Let me see it. You got good thighs because if you don't have good thighs, you're no use. To That's me. it. Yeah, you know I need good. Thighs. Game over, man. Game, Game over. over. Thighs, thighs, <laughs> hair, uh, teeth. Those are ruining for me. Okay. Skinny thighs is not a thing. If your knees is wider than your thighs, mm-hmm. yeah, no. no, I don't even want you. Thank God for that. Okay. So what's your gripe this week, sir? Oh shit, graphic of Yeah. Um, Remember I told you about this? And- yeah, that moment when life backs you up against the wall and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to get out and you, you just don't know. Okay. That's my gripe. That's your gripe. That's my gripe. That 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 back against the wall, no sort of clear way through feeling. Okay. I'm 55 years old. Okay. Okay, I really don't need to be... It's hard to deal with that feeling at this age. Of course it is. I've been there. That's my grind. I have definitely been there. It's hard. When I was fired... Oh, my God! Is this a midlife crisis? I don't know if I'd call it a midlife crisis. Why not? Because you're having a real crisis that's job-related. Yeah. That's what your crisis. It's not a crisis of if oh I, my god, I'm fifty five and I done nothing with my life. That's not the kind. Oh, of Oh, honey, I lost a therapist over that. <laughs> okay, bitch, ghosted me <laughs> after two years. So of yeah, that. so you're not having a midlife crisis. Oh, I think I am, but yeah. So it's, I was in the same boat that... when I lost my job at my firm when they let me go. Yeah. And I was like, I was 55 years old, and it's like, wow, I have to start over again. The fuck do I do And now? I opened my own practice and had to start from scratch, you know? And yeah. It was, has not been easy. Yeah, yeah. It's just to have that feeling of, like, like I've invested so much, and I've, I've still got a way to go, and I can't. It's hard. It's right, hard. Of it's course. hard. It definitely is. It's hard. So that's my that's my gripe of the week, is that, that back up against the wall, uh, powerless feeling of, the fuck do I do now? Okay. Okay, so can we move on? Do we have like a final thing? Yeah, well, that is our final thing. We have are now at the end have of our show. Thing. I'm waiting for my cue. What What are your plans for the weekend? Uh, there's, well, uh, Lost in Yonkers. Ah, yes, opening this weekend? Opening this weekend over at Germanus Theater. No, I'm sorry, over at your Bayway, uh, Bayview, Bayview, Bayway, Bayway Bay, Theater. Bayway Arts Center. The Bayway Arts Center Islip. over there in East Islip on Long Island is opening Lost in Yonkers. I believe Sheila Sheffield Platt is in there. I believe she is. I, I, she, is she playing the, uh, the grandmother? I assume she okay. is. Okay. Wonderful actress. You'd have to get somebody older than her then to play the grandmother if she wasn't playing the yes, grandmother. Yes, and I don't think there any was anyone else. Ah, uh, I'm gonna protect you from the. Um, <laughs> it needs to be a strict European type. Yes. So Sheila Sheffield is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's say she's playing the grand. One of the kids I know is playing one of the kids. Okay. And this may. He's an absolute teenage boy. He is all of the things a teenage boy could be. Okay. Good and bad. So you want to shake him. Right. But holy shit, does he deliver? He's playing, I suppose, the older boy. Right, I don't yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got to get pretzels. <laughs> okay. That's my thing. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. 
But yeah, so I'm working this weekend. Oh, oh, I got to go to a wedding. I'm going to a wedding. Oh, so am I. Whose wedding are you going to? We are going to Stephen's nephew's wedding. Oh, that's boring compared to mine. What, what wedding are you going to? Ariane Miller and Ed Huther. Ooh, that's going to be a fun wedding. On a boat. And Ooh, they're getting nice. married. They're getting. I think they're getting married. Married Friday. Okay. Um, and they're just doing that alone together with their family and their couple of people. Okay. And then they're having the party on the boat on Saturday. Oh, fantastic! I would thoroughly encourage people to consider that sort of arrangement. It's <laughs> a good idea. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. just a good idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. It. I'm very happy for the two of them. And and well, that's wonderful. I knew it 20 years ago. Uh, so whatever. Well, go to the outside of you. Happy wedding to yous. Happy wedding to yous. <laughs> uh, Stephen's nephew. Yes. Okay. Anyway, don't forget to visit our website, grumpyoldgaymen.com, we where we have all our episodes listed, as well as bonus material about all the stuff we talk about on our episodes. You didn't do www. Because that takes so long to say. No, it does. That's the point. So, wait, now, there was something I was going to. Oh, shit. What was I going to post? I have no idea. Go ahead, continue with your thing. Also, don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We usually have daily postings on there. And feel free to leave a comment or a review somewhere. We would love to hear from you. Hear what you think about the show, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear in the future, you know, that kind of stuff. And then lastly, tell your friends about us. Oh, we're at that point? It's that bad? <laughs> no. We're telling people to get two friends? But yes, tell your friends about us. What's wrong with asking for that? That's, that's okay. That's okay? You sure? No, I know what that means. I don't know what it I, means. I just know what that means. <laughs> that means there's either... I'm been, glad you know what it means, as I sure as fuck don't know what it means. There's either like a stall or a drop in downloads or however you measure whatever your metric is. <laughs> so there's been a, like a stall or a drop, so now you're... Tell your friends, you know, bring somebody in. We don't have enough people to be in the chorus, it's so called, go tell your friends. It's called promotion. Yeah, okay. Am I supposed to say, don't tell your friends about us? Don't tell anybody about well, us? No, that would Keep be it so. a big fucking secret no, that, that you're listening so. to our podcast? No, of course not. No. So you tell people, hey, I found this really funny podcast with these two old faggots on it. Oh, you think we're really funny? Well, one of us is. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. You seem to do a lot of laughing. Yeah, I wonder why. So go ahead. So, so all right. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was a thing we were having. And then you went off. No, no, no. You went off. Where were you? I was saying, tell your friends about us. Oh, yeah. I don't and know. that led into your whole diatribe yeah, as that's... to the implications of what that meant. It's just tacky. It's called promotion. All right. I never grad on my degree is not in promotion. Clearly. <laughs> we're in the same clothes for 20 years. Oh, my God. Promotion. <laughs> anyway. This brings us to the end of our episode, thank God. Jesus. So, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. You didn't do the thank you to Steven, and that's going to come back and haunt you. Bye, bitches! Too late the consequences. I don't stand in the need of company with everything I see talking like you. Up that tree, that's sort of a squirrel thing Sounds just like we did when we were quarreling 
You may think you left me all alone But I can hear you talk without a telephone 